Hello, and welcome to the Path of Most Persistence. This is a place where we hear and share tenacious stories of overcoming obstacles with our partners who dare to share a bit of their own personal paths. Selena Garcia is the program coordinator for the National Science Foundation's CREST, Center for Geospatial and Environmental Informatics, Modeling and Simulation, located at Texas A&M University, Corpus Christi. Prior to Ms. Garcia's current position, she had worked for over 10 years as a science and computer science teacher in middle school and high school environments. Selena has experience working as an environmental geologist in Texas and Florida, focusing on groundwater and soil remediations. Ms. Garcia earned her Bachelor of Science degree in geology from Texas A&M University, Kingsville, and holds two Texas teaching certificates. Selena is a native Texan and the proud mother of her daughter, Sophia, and enjoys encouraging others to see the amazing possibilities in everyday life. Selena, it is so nice to have you with me today. I've been looking forward to our chat for a long time. Thank you, Valerie. So we have a lot to get through. I want to start off talking about uh, your position as at the center and what the center's mission is all about. What do you do there? Okay. Um, well, the National Science Foundation has CREST centers, and CREST stands for Centers for Research Excellence in Science and Technology, and they have funded our local center, which is a geospatial and environmental informatics modeling and simulation. And so what we do there is we're conducting research, the uh, various professors, which are co-PIs on this project, and they conduct research uh, focused on coastal resiliency. So we have three different sub-projects, and they're focusing on... Um, the environmental uh, health aspects, the environmental informatics, as well as the geospatial informatics. Um, so that's one aspect of our Crest yeah. Gem Center, the uh, research aspect. So we also have support for uh, doctoral students. Or mm -hmm. It's a Crest Gems Fellowship. And so what we're looking for is students who are looking to get a doctoral degree in either coastal and marine system science at A&M Corpus Christi, or geospatial computer science at Texas A&M University, Corpus Christi. And so we're supporting them um, if they meet certain criteria of underrepresented minorities and U.S. citizens, mm -hmm. and we will support them all the way to a fulfillment of their doctoral degree. And so that's an awesome program. We cover all fees, all tuitions. We're trying, the National Science Foundation is trying to um, increase the number of doctoral holders among these underrepresented communities. So that's our second focus. So we also have a STEM outreach to the local community, and that's a big part of what I do. So we have the WIT program that we like uh, to hear that. modeled <laughs> off of your NPI program, and it is going very well. The community mm -hmm. is really happy with it. Uh, we have it at two schools there in the CCISD area, um, and it's uh, thriving. Um, then we also have general community outreach to elementary schools, to uh, some I was just working with some middle schools yesterday uh, to uh, just outreach, make the connections, let them know who we are, um, because we just want to increase the the knowledge, the understanding of STEM activities mm -hmm. in the coastal bend in the in the Corpus Christi area. So those would be our three focus points. Okay, this is this is exciting. Okay, so thank you for laying out the three. I want to go back to the second one. When you say you you all fully support students, you mentioned it, but I just want to make sure I'm hearing this. You support them financially completely? 
Yes. This is so exciting. So is that, surely it's for a limited number of students and they have to apply. I mean, what can you talk a little bit more about that? Because anytime students can receive full financial funding, that is exciting for everyone. <clears throat> yes, I agree. Um, it's, an, it's an amazing program. So we are focused for uh, underrepresented minorities. Yes. So those are the categories African-American, Hispanic-American, or Native American, mm -hmm. and then also um, a U.S. citizen. Yes. And then there is, uh, those are the two main criteria. What students are being supported financially? Is it, you mentioned underrepresented students, so is it any of those students that apply, or do they have to have some type of financial need, or what are the guidelines? There is not a criteria for financial need. Mm -hmm. The criteria are uh, the National Science Foundation wants us to increase the number of underrepresented minorities holding doctoral degrees. Goodness. And in the STEM field there at A&M Corpus Christi, um, the two doctoral degrees that we have that we're focusing on are the Coastal Marine System Science yes. and the Geospatial and Computer Science. So if th that's a criteria, that they're a U.S. citizen, an underrepresented minority, and that they are interested in pursuing one of those degrees at A&M Corpus Christi. They apply, uh, they can email to me, they yes. can go on our website. Um, they just apply and let us know that they're interested. We'll start the conversation with them, um, see what we can do to get them on board with us. That's, it's, it's wonderful. That's a wonderful program, and I'm so glad to learn more about it. I mean, I'm somewhat familiar with the the work of the center just because I, I assist and I sit on uh, one of the boards, but <clears throat> I, I love understanding and knowing more information about these opportunities so that we can share with all of our networks, especially definitely the K-12 students, but their parents and our community members because they're, it's about everybody, right? And it, it could be something very formalized at a school, like some outreach event, or it could just happen to be someone at a store talking to a young person about, hey, what are you going to do? after you know you graduate from high school and you just having that knowledge, it's about planting those seeds. So thank you for taking the time for that. And we would be very happy and honored to um, post, share your information on how to contact you or how to get more information about that opportunity as well. So is it any student that's entering university or do they have to have um, an associate's degree or bachelor's degree to, to become part of this program? Well, since we're looking to support uh, students achieving their doctoral degrees. Mm -hmm. We're looking for students who we'd prefer have their master's and are yes. working towards their doctoral degrees or at least have their bachelor's working towards their master's with the understanding they will continue on to get their doctorate. Okay, okay. Um, so these are for advanced degrees then. This is, okay, this correct. is wonderful. And there is a monthly stipend as well. Oh, so goodness. if they have their, um, if they're working toward their master's mm -hmm. or if they're working toward their doctorate, or if they're post-doctorate working toward their second one, there are different categories of, of stipends. So, But we do cover that as well. So. That is lovely because, at least historically, people that are working toward advanced degrees are a little bit older in their years just because it takes that long to go through the right. academic process. And by that time, many students, not all, they have other responsibilities, be it a family they're supporting right. or helping to support. Uh, so these stipends are really qu quite critical. So can you talk a little bit about the stipends? Is it for travel? Is it for child care? Is it anything specific? No. Um, well, we already cover all the tuition and fees, mm -hmm. and we also provide um, 
financial coverage for sending them to conferences, things yes. like that. So this stipend is just a, it's a payment to them monthly. Oh, and it, it varies from between, um, I want to say 1800 a month to mm -hmm. 2400 a month, depending on if they're um, at their covering their bachelor's to master's or master's to doctorate or doctorate post. So Goodness. it varies based on what degree they hold, but it's just a payment to them. What they do with it is up to them. That is wonderful because working on advanced degrees can be a full-time job. <coughs> so that's a, a wonderful, welcome <coughs> uh, financial assistance, no doubt. So let's talk about the third aspect, outreach. So of course, this is how we met each other through this initiative. So you mentioned the WIP program, and I'll just turn it over to you to what that is looking like for you guys, because for us, WIT stands for Workforce Industry Training. And to know that we're partnering with Texas A&M, Corpus Christi is a thrill. Uh, but especially since you guys are stretching out the WIT program. So can you talk a little bit about the specific schools and what it looks like for those schools? Yes, I'd be happy to. Um, it's been a uh, it's been a joy, honestly, to expand this into the Corpus Christi Independent School District. And uh, CCISD has been very receptive and supportive and encouraging of this program. So we are currently at um, Veterans Memorial High School mm -hmm. and at 4-H uh, Moody High School, yes. uh, one program in each place. And um, we started a little late in the year just because how we rolled it out. But the students have been very responsive mm. and very enthusiastic. So we had the inductions in December mm. for both schools, and we've already gone on a field trip for both schools. Nice. We went to Lone Star UAS, mm -hmm. and the students were introduced to the, what they do there, which is a lot of drones, the um, different aspects of how you can apply drones to different technologies and industries, and, and the students really enjoyed it. Um, we have some more field trips coming up to uh, universities, both to A&M Corpus Christi as well as to A&M Kingsville. And um, we also have a field trip uh, planned for Horton Automatics, which would be an engineering firm uh, there in Corpus. But what is awesome about this program that I, I really appreciate and the students really appreciate mm -hmm. is that it's not me telling them where we're going to go. Yes. We ask them, what are you interested in? Yes. Is it a, you know as long as it's science, technology, engineering, or math? Yes. Um, we'll work to find a place to take them to. Mm -hmm. And so, if they're more interested in in the engineering aspects, okay, let's find some engineering firms. If they're more interested in the technology, okay, let's see where it's actually being applied. Yes. And so, the students are uh, very reactive to that, very responsive to that. Yes. Because they see that this is their future, and they're starting to take some ownership for it. Oh. Thank you so much for bringing that up because when WIT was first created, that was a very intentional aspect, as was WIT's predecessor, Power Set. But we wanted students to take ownership and not so much that we were trying to force down a particular um, field of study or a subject because just knowing young people in their the natural <laughs> maturation process, if you tell them, usually they don't want to go in that direction. <laughs> right. So why not let them explore? And at the end of the day, we're all going to win for their, be their being better educated. So thank you for mentioning that. And and I want to stretch this, this conversation out because I think you bring such value to not only your center, but to leading these outreach programs because you yourself were. And, a middle school, high school teacher. So you have 
uh, a level of experience that doesn't come by every day in university settings. I think universities are, are, are doing more of hiring from uh, secondary educators, even elementary educators, but you bring so much experience. And, and can you talk about that experience, how it has <coughs> enriched maybe perhaps, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> enriched your current position as a program coordinator, but uh, how it informs you daily, I would imagine. Um, having my background as a teacher for uh, a little over a decade, uh, both in the middle school and the high school uh, environment, it really, I remember the kids' questions. Uh, I remember their insecurities and their uncertainties. And um, I also remember seeing them light up when something mm-hmm. hits home. Mm-hmm. And that is such a joy. I mean, as a teacher, that was that was the best, <laughs> yes. you know, to see them get the concept and, yes. and really pull it in. Um, and so when I'm doing these STEM outreach, I know, I know that maybe they haven't experienced it yet. Uh, and I've, from, from experience or from background, I know that they might enjoy it. Yeah. And so let me introduce them to it. You know, I feel like it's almost a privilege yeah. to show them that there's more behind it. It's not just a cell phone in their hand, but what's the technology behind the cell phone? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just uh, a tree growing in the yard. But why, why is that type of tree doing better here than, than the other type that didn't take? You know, the yes. science behind it. You know, to look at the world around them yes. and to see there are there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of, of investigations that can be done yes. and to encourage them to do it. And so as a teacher, that was, I loved doing that, whether it was with science or computer science or technology, just helping them to see there's more that they can know yes. and that they can grasp it. It's not yes. beyond them. It's not for someone else to get. It's yes. them. And so as part of STEM outreach with WIT and with Crest Gems, that's my focus, to just share that, you know, to help these students, help these uh, students there in Corpus Christi to see beyond what they do on a regular basis and kind of like, oh, there's more and yes. I can do it too. Yes. And it doesn't have to be painful because I think sometimes when uh, not all, it's not always just young <clears throat> people, but just people in general, sometimes when you have a question that pops up in your head, then it's so easy to put aside, well, oh, well, whatever, you know, however, you know, I don't want to take the time to understand or learn more about it. But I think programs like these and probably much more in what you do is instilling that awe and wonder. And I I love, I don't know, I've always been a person that has really appreciated awe and wonder, not only as I internalize it and experience it, but when you, like what you mentioned, when you see it as an educator, when you see a kid light up or they, they do, they get curious they about something. Connection. Yes, and that's, you know, when you hear educators telling young people or young people here, um, educators talk about, oh, but learning can be fun. That's what they're talking about It when it really doesn't feel like learning, right? Because a lot of times students are afraid. Yes. It's the fear. And it's not the fear. Well, there's many aspects to yes. the fear. One of them is that they're afraid that they won't get it. Yes. And the other one is they're afraid that they're going to look silly asking. Yes. You know, is someone going to make fun of me for this? And, you know, as teachers, we know that that passes quickly. I mean, you try to keep it from happening yes. to begin with, but yes. even if it does, it happens quickly and the rewards last in that they gain the knowledge. But I remember those feelings myself of feeling yes. like, I don't know how to do this. I'm not going to be able to learn this. Yes. And I, my, my problem was math. 
I had a big problem with math. Yes. Um, and I remember just not understanding it. And so when I'm working with my students yeah. and they're having problems with it, I I understand that. And so yes. I want to help them through it and to, to not let them stop at the fear, yes. you know, to help them get past it into the knowledge and the understanding that lies beyond the fear. Oh, that's so good. And it, and it makes me think of my own childhood, too, because I remember being in school and even now, you know, you have a question, people are talking about it and you're looking around the room and everybody else seems to be getting it. But I still have questions. And when I was young, I was always, I dreaded that about myself because I thought, well, maybe because I'm, I'm not smart enough, I'm not, just not getting it. But what I've chosen uh, to believe about myself is that I'm just that curious, you know, and I'm just one question leads into another so when people are having discussions and I'm asking follow-up questions and I always have to apologize to my team members because I will start asking more questions but it's not so much that I'm not understanding their responses it's just evoking more wonder from me like what else is possible okay if that if that means that then what could this mean and and maybe if we're intentional about encouraging students to see the fear of questions just to embrace it that no you're you're just thirsty for more knowledge or the possibilities exactly. perhaps right. I and I, I i empathize with you on this mm-hmm. because i also have that same uh, process where yes. i get frustrated with myself yes. when i'm trying to um, i'm going back for my masters oh, wonderful. and in looking at the um the course listings so to speak i realize there's a lot of math coming my way and math has been a, a weak point for me and I, I got through my degree just to get through it, yes. thinking, oh, I'm not going to use it anymore. <laughs> but now that, now that I know I'm going to have to, yeah. it's it's the persistence of mm. I have to deal with this. And so I'm going to go back into this. And as I try to understand it, when I'm, I get frustrated that I'm not getting it, I just have to make that decision that it's okay. Yes. If I don't understand it now... By sticking with it, I will understand it. Yes. I will get to it. And if I have to go ask someone else, then I go ask someone else. If I have to do these questions again, then I do these questions again. Yes. You know, find another resource. Um, I tell my daughter that um, if you have a problem, you have to find a solution. You can't just stay at the problem. That's you right. You have to find the way through. And there is a way through. There is. And so if this way through doesn't work, try a different way through. Yeah. You know, as long as the problem exists... You have to keep looking for a solution. Because there's something about staying at the problem. It begets more problems. Yes. <laughs> you stay there, and it just uh, you just keep digging, as they say. I love to hear your perspective, Selena, because um, I love, again, I always like to say it, <laughs> talking with educators and people that are, are inspired by the whole process. But as you transition, I'm very curious, as you transitioned from um, – middle school, high school campus onto a university, what was that like for you? Was it was it as easy, breezy, uh, seamless move, or was it a little wonky for a bit? It was odd. Yeah. It was really odd. Um, of course, you know, as a teacher in a classroom, you're focused on students. Yes. And that your whole day, the whole year revolves around uh, what are the students doing? What's the next issues coming up? Yes. What's Where in the school year are you? Yes. Um, once I became, once I started working at A&M Corpus Christi, not in a classroom, yes. you know, in, in the offices, it separated me from the school calendar. Yes. And I mean, that's the first time in 10 years that I had not been focused on the school calendar. Yes. And, wait, we're already in October. Wait, we're in December. It's, 
the time had just such a different feeling to it. Yes. Um, but it was still great to see the students on campus. Yes. And, you know, as, as I was working with the WIT programs, I still got to see the students. So that fulfilled that need. Um, but it, it was a very different mindset of bridging out from dealing solely with students focused on that into, okay, the, the bigger the process behind programs yes. and getting them set up and moving. You're, because now you're in a position where you're creating opportunities. I always like to uh, talk about when I made that transition, I felt that I, you know, lived and died off of a bell. Literally, <laughs> you went to the restroom off of a bell, oh, you ate. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and in your body, uh, you know, it took me literally two or three years to get the bell out of my system because every 50 to 55 minutes I would get jumpy in my chair. And I never knew what that was about until I started realizing, oh, I there's an internal bell that's going off in my body to yes. get up, go walk the hallways, go check on <laughs> students, or you know, sensing something strange in the atmosphere or something was happening I needed to go check on. But it is a bit of adjustment. But, but there's also that liberation of the bell, so to speak, as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. As you transitioned from middle school to high school, on to higher education, and you know, back and forth as you work with different groups, I'm I'm wondering about your background. Did you always want to be an educator or did you fall into education? Uh, I think both. Yeah. In high school, I had wanted to be a teacher. And I remember talking to some of my friends at the time uh, in a chemistry class. It was chemistry. And um, the teacher was really strict, but she was really good. And we learned a lot. So I wanted to be a teacher to share that knowledge with others. When I got to the university and I started taking science classes for the degree, that's when I realized science had the answers to all the questions that I had about why why does the sunset change colors? Why is there salt in the oceans? Why, you know, what why is sand made up of what it's made up of? I mean, all these questions about how the world works that everyone just took for granted. I mean, people look walk through the through their days without wondering. And I wondered and I wanted to know and science had the answers. And so I was like, I wanna go more into science. And so I switched into geology and I became a geologist. I got my degree in geology and I started working as a geologist and that was amazing. I loved it. I I loved feeling like I was making a difference with the uh, remediation of soils and contaminated groundwaters. and, And it was wonderful to be out there on sites with the the fresh air and the you know yes. moving the earth and seeing that we're cleaning up the environment. Yes, and that was a big thing for me, um, and so I did that for about ten years. Um, but then life happens and things shift again, yes. and uh, so I moved back to Corpus, and it wouldn't it wasn't working anymore to be a traveling geologist. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is where life just said we're sliding you over here. <laughs> And I ended up being a substitute teacher, and I ended up being a teacher, and then I just said, you know, I love this. I love this now, where I am taking all those experiences that I went through and sharing that with these young minds. Mm -hmm. And I have more perspective, and I have more understanding that I can share now. And now it felt like a really good fit. And so got my teaching certificates and worked as a teacher and, you know, just loved it, taught these kids about environmental issues and what they can do to to make their difference. And 
I still want to move more in that direction. Yes. I want to do more about environmental. Isn't that funny how life, you know, well, it, it feels as though it ebbs and it flows oh, and yeah. back and forth. And, and we can do all the right things, or sometimes we can be human and make a, a mistake or a stumble from time to time. But it always seems that life is just constantly in motion. Things are happening. Decisions are being made. And it's just about uh, suggesting, it seems, about, again, I always like to say being nimble and pivoting and, and being able to just um, adjust to whatever comes our way. My next question, it really just goes a little bit further into the, the education aspect. When you got into the classroom and you realized, okay, this is something I really want to do, did you just think you would retire there? Yeah. I, I th- Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. I thought, okay, I had wanted to be a teacher when I was younger. I'm I'm meant to be a teacher. I'm a teacher now. Yes. Um, I was, you know, I already got one certification. Let's get another one on a different aspect. You know, maybe I can grow there. Um, I was actually just recently looking into getting my uh, computer science for high school certification because I was kind of moving more into computer science and it's fascinating. And I really liked opening that avenue to students as well um, because where is where is computer science not used? I mean, yes. every industry it's yes. there. And so this is awesome. Um, and I really thought, okay, you know, the, the years are gonna roll along, I'm yes. rolling with them and I'm gonna be staying in teaching. And it just didn't happen that way. But I, I find um, an, an image that I keep in my head sometimes yes. is of a little kid just walking, you know, little babies that are learning to walk. Yes. They don't know where they're walking particularly, they're just walking. Yes. But we reroute them away from dangerous situations. Yes. So I was like, okay, my life is changing again. I'm just going to keep moving forward and knowing that I will end up where I need to be. Nice. And, and there it you happens. go. I, I appreciate you sharing that. I think. Um, we've discussed this previously, that we're uh, in that same category of age uh, somewhat. And I, it feels good to speak to another woman that has experienced that, that there are certain times in your life where this is what you were doing and you thought you know you enjoyed it or you didn't, so you made a pivot. <laughs> but when you enjoyed it, you thought, okay, this is good, but something happens. So that leads me to the question of, of it can't always have been easy. Couldn't have always been easy for you because it isn't. Wasn't always easy for me. So how did you persist during those difficult times of a change needed to happen or a change was going to happen? And how do you get through it? How do you stay focused on what needs to happen while being successful? Um, I think I can credit my parents with a lot of that. Um, so I come from a large family, and my parents. Um, they had actually experienced some discrimination when they were younger Mm -hmm. and they wanted to make sure that we were solidly set in, in our future. And so they were always encouraging us and finding opportunities and doing research. And so when I would start to struggle, when I would come into a hard place in my, in my life or my career or, or my pathway, um, I would do what they did, which is to find an opportunity, you know, to look around, see what I can do with this situation mm. and to know that just like they showed me, we're going to get through this, not a, will we get through this, but we are going to get through this. I like that. And so I knew that I just can't stop. You just have to keep going. You can, you can sit down for a minute. Yes. You can take a break. 
Um, but it's you. You're the one that has to do it. And so you're going to get up and you're going to keep going. So mm-hmm. find the resources that are available to you. Ask for help from your, uh, from your large family and then just keep on going. Mm-hmm. So coming from a large family, beyond having that security of you can talk to others, you can go to others, what else have you learned about persisting through a large family? It's not always easy coming from a large family as well, but were there other traits that you learned from family members about, be it education or, you know, professionally beyond, you know, doing, you can make things happen, getting it done. Were there any other aspects that that you've learned about large families that you'd like to share? Well, I think um, being that there are so many people, we're all different. Mm. And so what works for one might not work for someone else. Yes. And so persistence takes on many forms. Um, the the bottom line for it, though, is just don't stop. You know, persist, continue. Even It's not failure. It's only failure if you stop trying, if you stop moving forward, nice. if you give up. Um, but, you know, whereas one, one of my uh, family members, maybe they're focused uh, on one area mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm focused on another area. But the same, the bottom line of just... The, f- the failure is just an experience yes. and you can take that experience and apply it to the situation again with more knowledge now and see if it makes a difference this time. That's right. And so no matter the situation, no matter um, what the field is, that's the, that's the key for me of just take the experience, observe, you know, see what you can learn out of it, yes. apply it and try again. See if it works better the next time. I love you saying that. And it's so important for people to hear because sometimes when you've experienced a failure or a setback, you internalize that as if I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. I, you know, this is who I am, but it's not. It's a moment in time. It's an incident um, if you allow it just to be that. And also how you mentioned people doing things differently. That is such a valuable lesson. I think that you can learn from large families and even just having your your friend group, that people don't have to do things exactly the same. And it's okay. And that's okay, too. Right. Because there's different ways of doing things. And we have to give people grace in doing that, I suppose. And I think that we, um, as women, I know, um, I'm very sensitive to what I think others think of me. Mm-hmm. And I try to not let that be a determining factor in what I decide to do Mm -hmm. because if I feel it's right for me then I'm going to go ahead and do this Um, I think it's important that we not stop in that moment it's so easy and I I see it among my students Uh, I see it among people that I'm you know that I'm interacting with now when you fail you think of yourself as a failure Mm -hmm. but it's not it's just that one try through um and we need to be willing to push ourselves past that, to not stop in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is partly an internal thing of, it's just a decision to make. Like, I am not stopping here. I am going to continue on because I can do this. It just yeah. has to be a decision that you make. Because when I'm doing math, I'm not doing it, <laughs> but I believe I can. And so I'm going to keep going until I do. Yes. 
So, And those decisions don't have to be just for the day or for the semester. It can be minute to minute sometimes, right? Yeah. Just the decision to, all right, continue. Just, just do it for five more minutes or whatever it is just to get through it. Right. Because mm. if you stop in the middle, you're going to lose the, the momentum that you had. Yes. You know, so just, just that little, just get this one done. Make yes. your, And it's hard to make those decisions, especially when you're overwhelmed with so many other things in your life. It's hard to make that decision and follow through with it. And that feels like a failure too when yes. you don't achieve that. And please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that, well, if you don't achieve, then you're a failure. No, no. But I, it's just you have to pick yourself up and try again. Mm. I, I love this. I feel like we're going in a very philosophical uh, route, and I love that because this is perfect for the path of most persistence. When we think of the, about our own experiences in that way, you mentioned, and I zeroed in on it, uh, how you can be concerned with how you're being perceived, what p- people are thinking about you. I think a lot of us you know, have that um, fear or that issue that you, is that little voice in your head. But surely our young people for whom we work with, they have that. I mean, I think for young people, it's sometimes magnified a whole lot more because that is their life. So how how can we? How can we get better, not only as, you know, adults moving forward, but instilling a way of overcoming that or dealing with that for young people? It seems as though... That that's a constant conversation you have to have with yourself, also. Right. Uh, I mean, that's that's a deep question, Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's absolutely true because we are able to see the ability to move past failure because we have the experiences of moving past failure. When you are a young person, you don't have that experience yet. You just have the fear. Um, and then all the social media uh, that's showing everyone else succeeding, yeah. and they're not. Yes. Well, they feel that they're not yes. because they're not getting what other people have. Yes. And they're not realizing a lot of those people don't have it either. You're right. They're just faking it. Yes. But it is, it's almost, oh, my goodness, it's so difficult for them because they're not just fighting the real world. They're fighting the imaginary world that looks like it's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a double whammy for them. So I think just... What I try to do is just be understanding of the basic bottom line that they fear that they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so try to reach them at that level to help them to see that they are sufficient, that there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with them, that they are capable and creative and they are succeeding in what they're working towards. Yeah. And success is not a one-day thing. No. And so just because you're not there yet, you know, you're already on the path. You're already making the movements. Yeah. So believe in yourself and see that. You know, you mentioned um, how we can sometimes envision it or work through it because we've maybe experienced it. But it's it's the challenge of never experiencing it or never having seen other people do it a different way. So I think for us, but definitely for young people, it's about creating a vision of what you hope for, to be hopeful maybe, and be aspirational in what you, where your path could lead you. So what are the possibilities? And I, to me, that always goes back to awe and wonder. And so when I speak with someone like you, Selena, it delights me because uh, you are clearly filled with awe and wonder. And 
And that is so hopeful for me. And it's hopeful for the young people for whom you work with because you uh, exhibit that. Thank and, you. and that's a lovely uh, characteristic to demonstrate in front of young people, that it's, it's good to learn. It's good to, to realize that we don't always have it figured out, but we're not stopping. We'll give, take a break, but we're not stopping. Right. And, um, you know, when you said, when you mentioned right now about that the young people who don't have the experience of seeing it yes. succeed yet. Yes. And actually that um, ties really closely back in with what um, my job is, literally right. be, with Crest. And we have this mentorship program for these doctoral students, yes. you know, because they're underrepresented minorities who a lot of them, uh, a lot of underrepresented minorities come from backgrounds where there's not a lot of graduates in their families yeah and so they haven't seen others make it through yet and so they haven't seen how it's done yet and so we're focused on providing that link and that support um and so that's one of the things that i love about my job of wanting to uh reach out to those who are trying to find their way down this path Mm -hmm. and encourage them that yes you've got it you can do this you are doing this we're going to continue working on this um and to help them see that even though it may seem overwhelming, it's there is sunshine coming. Absolutely. You know, and it, just keep on. I'm here for you. You're not by yourself. We're going to make it through. This is good. And just the, those simple comments, I mean, they, they sound might sound so simple to some, but they're so powerful. You know, when you talk about that, and I think about this a lot with the young people that we work with as well and, and our educators, is that there are so many of our students that haven't had parents that had gone on to, to get a higher uh, degree in education or even additional training or whatever the situation is. And it always takes me back. And this is what I like to tell you know my team with whenever we're creating things, let's think about the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. When we were that age, what could have we done? What would have we done? What would we have wanted? And, and I think about how fortunate I was, in my experience growing up, because my wonderful parents, especially my angel mother, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to go to school. My, well, my father didn't, but my mother went for a few years. But I remember when I was going through school, she would always say, I can't help you, like the help you need, but just do your best. Just do, just promise me you're doing your best every day. And um, and I didn't know what that was, you know, because what what is best, you know, to a teenager? Well, I don't know. <laughs> But I think those daily seeds of just just do your best and something better will come if you just truly do your best. And didn't that really mean something to you? I mean, it I means everything. Right. I mean, my it sounds like we had the same family because <laughs> my, my parents were like that, too. Both of them, um, I, they had gone to a couple of college classes, mm-hmm. but neither one got a degree. Yes. Um, but they showed me that they're supportive of me yes. and that they may not have gone through it themselves but they believed I could and they were helping me to get there and that helps me so much to think okay I've got a team that's supporting me and so I want to support those who I'm working with now because even though they couldn't do it for me right you know it's it's my job it's my task it's my future but I knew that they were supporting me to get there and so that kind of support means so much to people who are on that pathway. That's right. So, you know, if even if you don't, you can't do it for them, of course. Right. But you can support them and help them get there. And that means 
everything to anybody. It doesn't right. matter, you know, if you're just starting out in education or your professional career or you're at the end of it. Who doesn't want to be seen and heard and to know that other people are for you? Right. And they believe in you. Mm. They see you and they believe in you. That's just that's amazing. Is amazing. That's really, that's really good. Um, I love, thank you for going there with me. I think it's very <laughs> pertinent to our discussion, being on the path of most persistence. Um, but let's go ahead and pivot back a little bit, back to <laughs> Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Um, did you attend college? You didn't, you didn't get your degree from A&M, Corpus Christi, but did you ever take classes there as an adult or a young person? No, my degree was from A and M Kingsville. Right. Um, actually, I started there when it was A and I. Oh, that's A&I right. Yes, yes, yes. And I switched yes. over to A and M Kingsville while I was there, um, and so I, I never actually attended A and M Corpus Christi. Yes. Um, and I still technically haven't. I'll be starting there uh, hopefully in the fall. But um, no, it's it's been an amazing university though to see how it's grown mm-hmm. uh, from CC when it was Corpus Christi State University yes, yes. to where it is now um, and how just just recently, just this past, I want to say summer, fall, yeah. the College of Science and Engineering split because it's it's grown so much. That And so, that's a good time for a right. split, right? So, when you have to split because you're getting so large. Right. So now I have the College of Science and the College of Engineering. Uh, um, and all the different aspects that are there and the research that's going on, it's, I, I walk around campus and I'm just so happy to be there. It feels so good. We were just having that conversation with someone earlier today about just being on a college campus or university campus, well, an A&M campus. <laughs> but it just, it's just an inspiring place to be. It's a great vibe. Uh, it is a great vibe, and especially in Corpus Christi. Your location <laughs> is second it's to none. Um, but just being on campus, the energy of, uh, of the students – uh, the faculty and staff makes you just, it, for me, it's very motivating. And uh, it, it really makes me feel like I, there's more to do. There's more that I want to do, um, more that I need to do. And uh, is that was that a vibe that you picked up on right from the start? Or is it something that really emboldens you every day as your years have gone by there as, a, as an employee? Well, I'm still in my first year there. Oh, is it? See, it feels like it's been a couple of years already. Okay. (laughs) But it has been, it has been quite a trip on uh, when I first got there and not, you know, coming from the school system uh, to a a college campus. So different, but everyone was so helpful. All my questions, they would answer and they would help with the directions. And it was just this this overall feeling of, yeah, ask questions. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no, well, let me send you to someone else and they can deal with you. Right. You know, and so I think that pervades not just among staff, you know, but the faculty to to students, you know, the students amongst themselves. Um, Let's ask more questions. Let's, you know, what can I do to help you? What can we, where can we learn? And that is a very pervasive feeling around campus. It's, It's never a feeling of, you know, just shut off into your own little spot. Yes. It's, let's work together and ask questions. Uh, that's a wonderful culture to, to have. I like that. Yeah. So as we begin to, to close out, I want to ask you what's next? What's next as far as outreach? Because we have those commonalities. What are your goals for next year? Have you had the opportunity to start thinking about them, what the possibilities are? or? Um. 
Well, of course, you know, we have those different uh, aspects of the Crest Gems yes. grant. And so, you know, the professors are continuing their research and doing an amazing job with that. Um, my focus is more on the mentoring and the outreach. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, mentoring the doctoral students that we have now. Yes. And I am very much recruiting for more. Uh, we have this amazing opportunity and we're looking for doctoral students who are wanting to take you know, advantage of this opportunity. Yes. Um, so I'm very much getting into the active part of the recruiting. Nice. So, uh, and as for the students, the outreach that we have in Corpus, um, of course, growing the WIP program. Yes. Uh, since we started late this past year, uh, we didn't have the full 50 complement. So, but I fully expect that we will have it in next yes. year because the WIT is making such a, a good impact in mm -hmm. the Corpus Christi area. And so I'm looking to, you know, line up more uh, univer universities, more industrial contacts. Yes. Um, and so just to, to grow that, but I'd also like to see about summer camps. Uh, what can we do in the summer? Uh, we're discussing an unmanned aerial systems summer camp here on AM campus, nice. AM Corpus Christi campus, and so to see what we can do with, with that. Well, we'd love to partner in any way uh, because we love our partnership that we have with you guys. So if we have more, we're all about that. We're so let us know. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. So again, is there anything that you wanted to talk on that I've missed that I didn't ask about? I want to make sure you've covered everything you you've wanted been to cover. So thorough, Valerie. <laughs> No, I just I really appreciate these podcasts because Aww. persistence does really show up in so many forms. But the bottom line bedrock of persistence is just keeping on. You know, yes. in the face of what you might think of as failure, it's just learning. It's really not failure. It's just learning. Learning that this didn't work and yeah. let's try something else. But you've got to keep trying something else. And it may not make any sense, but that's okay. You know, what you did before didn't work. What are you going to lose? You know, try something else and just keep going till you get where you want to be. And so it's just that persistence that'll get you where you want to be. Mm, I love that. Thank you for ending on that. That's a perfect way to end. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you so much for being here today. I always look forward to, to meeting with you. Most of it's on Zoom, yeah. but face-to-face -face is even better. And to our audience, thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you've had the opportunity to listen to the entire conversation and all of our other conversations on all of our platforms. And I believe that I'm going to take the path of Selena and just be one that encourages, looks forward to moving forward and encouraging all those around me. Because at the end of the day, we all need it. We all want it. And we all appreciate it. Thank you and have a wonderful day.